Welcome back to the Freedom Podcast. And I'm here this week with a special episode because I said last week that we were going to have a guest on. And a few months ago, we put out on the Freedom Church Instagram, hey, if anyone's got any suggestions. And I heard from somebody across the church who said, why don't you start doing a few interviews with a few people and uh, and start getting people from around the church in and you could call it Freedom People on the Freedom Podcast. And so I thought, what? who better to start with for our first Freedom People episode than Pastor Paul Andrews from Cardiff. Paul, how are you doing? Woo, very good, mate. Come on, Porazar. <laughs> Mate, I'm sure I'm sure you weren't thinking of yourself when I, when you uh, made the suggestion. It was a great suggestion. And I'm looking forward to hearing from a few different people around the church. Um, but I know you're a regular listener and uh, and connecting with the podcast. And I thought, mate, it'd be great to get you on and hear a bit of your story. So Paul is um, in South Wales. He's our pastor uh, with Tony, his wife, the three boys. You've got um, the three boys down in Cardiff with you as well. And you've been pastoring there. You took the church back on in, was it in November, December? Yeah, November, mate. Yeah, after the charge. So it's um, it's fresh days. It's the new thing that God's doing. But I thought it would be great to hear a bit of your story, Paul. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what your journey was like coming to Jesus, what your faith journey has been like. So give us a bit of that. Okay, uh, so I was uh, eight years old and I grew up in a Christian family. So I'm one of those ones with the boring testimony. I think like Sean <laughs> talked about on Sunday about like having the boring testimony. I am one of those kids. Um, but I remember at the age of eight being absolutely petrified that if I die, what's next? And I just remember like I, this was right. going on for like about a week. I couldn't sleep. And I was just like, if if I die tonight, what's going to happen? And um, I just remember my mum saying, well, why don't we pray about it? And why don't we ask Jesus to, to come into our into your life? And so I was like, very simply just prayed the prayer. And literally, I I can't describe it, but there was just like a peace just mm. flooded through me. And it was like for a week of like anxiety that night, I was just like from that day forward and never worried about what would happen if I died. And so, um, yeah, that was sort of like my early introduction, I guess, to like where I would say I gave my life to Jesus was probably eight years old. But then I think when I was 16, that's where it sort of really meant business. It yeah. became more wow. of my own decision then. And so, um, yeah, so that was sort of like my little journey. I guess I grew up in church and um, little Elim Pentecostal church in Hereford. Um, yeah, I was there till like, I was about 18, but played the drums from like age of 12 there. And I think that's what kept me in church, to be honest. Like, it's just like being involved kit. in the worship team. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's something definitely underrated about that uh, that I don't think always people consider. But it's like you need to make space for young people to be involved because it helps them yeah. um, get into their yeah, relationship with God. When you say as well that you, it was about 16 that you kind of, I don't know, things switched or changed up because you've got that decision when you're eight years old and it's serious yeah. and it's like you mean it with all your heart, but there's yeah. a childlike faith there, but there's something shifting then as a teenager. What Was there anything particularly that kind of switched in that moment that 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 you remember changing or shifting in that? I don't know. I think I just started to get this like... I think maybe it's because I was like getting ready to leave school and you don't know what the future holds or like what's next. But I just I just remember just all of a sudden my just heart 
was just desiring God. And there was just almost this thing of like, I just feel like I need to like seek God. And I just feel like I need to know. Yeah, just basically at that place of surrender. I think I just came to this place of just like, God, this, take it all. Here's my life. Do with it what you want. And I think part of that was just those coming, getting ready to leave school, high school. And I didn't know what was next. And yeah, but at the same time, I just felt like this growing hunger for the things of God. I can't describe it, but it just became like um, this appetite that just wouldn't get satisfied. It just wanted God, wanted more, wanted more of the things of God. And um, yeah, just started to pray more. So I started just getting up early before school, just praying and, and things like that. I'd walk up. I, we grew up like there's an amazing pub in Hereford called the Bunch of Carrots. There's an amazing like <laughs> Sunday good. dinner. But I grew up opposite it, and then there's like this river that runs by the side of it. And I used to get up every morning and just go and pray uh, on the river bank. And um, yeah, I just really, just really felt just God just started stirring my heart for more. And I think that's where I surrendered. Like that's where I just like God take it all. Like. Come on, mate. It's it is something about, isn't it? Going from having um a relationship with church and being almost under your parents' umbrella, but then when you start taking personal responsibility for your faith, when you start to pray in your own time, you know, unprompted, yeah. and you start to open God's word, is it's it's another level, isn't it? It goes to uh your own relationship with Jesus. And uh I that it was a very almost exactly the same reflected journey that I had as yours. You know, I was eight years old when I became a Christian and said uh, like um, a sinner's prayer. And then it was around 15 where I had that interaction with Jesus as well. So it's, uh, I can really relate to that part, like your story. And was, was there something for you, Paul, where you never really, I don't know, left faith or did it, was there something about you uh, always, chose to follow god like what what did that look like as you became then a young man i think it just yeah i I can honestly say i've never once thought about walking away right i think don't get me wrong there's been tough times um but never to the point of like i'm through with this i might Mm. be through with church but i'm not through with with jesus uh, you know at some some points but i think yeah i just i feel like i was really privileged growing up um, in the family I grew up in, my yeah. dad owned a recording studio, and there was lots of people that would come through that studio from around the world. And I just always just had this sense that what we're involved with is far bigger than us, if that makes sense. And it was just like it was global. It wasn't just like um, to this small place in Hereford. It was just it was just like global. And I think it just always gave me that global outlook of like what we're involved with is far bigger than just being here at church in Hereford, it was just, there's a, there's a global, a global field. And I think, yeah, I just, so I just always thought like that. And I feel like just some of the people I met and the testimonies and the stories that I'd grown up here and I just knew God was real. And so I've never, ever, and experiencing it for myself, there is no other option. And so I, yeah, from that point of view, I've never thought about walking away, you know? Um, yeah. Right. And it's always been core. I've been there and I've, I've, done some recording myself but chapel lane studios and um and it's it was an amazing place and set up there but just you know like you were saying there you've had people flying in from around the world like to hereford you know it's that people 
in I often think, you know, people ask me here in, in America, like, where are you from? And I'm like, you, you're not going to have heard of it. Uh, and then I'm like, people in, in the UK haven't heard of it. So it's like, how are you going to have a go in the States? Um, but there's something about that God was drawing people from all over to choose to record. I mean, we were getting people coming from Australia, people from um america come and record it i mean just give us a few kind of people that pass through and and were recorded there at the studios so like uh one of the, one of the biggest claims to fame that we had was um a girl called charlene she was like a motown singer back in the early 1980s and she had a hit in the uk she had hits all across the world so you check that out it's never been to me uh that was like a massive hit that my dad had but then um larry norman like he was he was like he was a radical on like the he was like the crossover point of like Christian music and secular music, like back in the 80s. So he was huge. But then we had like, I mean, Hillsong, Hillsong United. Um, Reinhard Bonnke came and done his whole, like uh, he'd done this whole series. And like, he was a really wow. famous evangelist at the time. Yeah. He'd done like, this whole, uh, recorded a book there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was lots of different people from all like, delirious at some stage. You know, yeah. it was just like, yeah, you know, it was just like crazy. It, it was amazing. And it's like, you've got the, uh, the worship guys from Hillsong, which obviously through the two thousands and the 2010s, really, they were the sound of worship really, weren't they in the, in the world, yeah. where are they getting their music mixed in Herefordshire yeah. next to the bunch of carrots pub, at <laughs> your dad's studio. And it is, it's quite, it's quite amazing. Isn't it? What, what God did through that in little, in little Herefordshire. Um, yeah. That was a part of your journey. You saw people coming in and out and, you know, these big kind of um, heroes of the faith, really, those that were writing songs that were being sung by hundreds of thousands of millions of people all around the world. This worship sound was coming out of the chapel studios. But then, obviously, for you, yourself, Paul, I remember you coming into the church when we launched in Cardiff in 2011. I think you were came uh, with Tony and the boys probably after the first you know, a couple of weeks, wasn't it? I feel like you maybe you weren't, were you there first week? Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was like the second week or second or third week in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you came in and we had planted our church into Cardiff. We'd, um, we'd handed out some flyers in the middle of the town. I, I was saying last night to a bunch of our leaders here in Raleigh, uh, it, you know, I did a lot of like flyering, stopping strangers in the street, um you know talking to talking to people getting loads of rejection and now i'm seeing like some of our church churches launch with like digital marketing strategy and like yeah. sending out mail i'm like wow i wish i wish we had that back then because it was some painful times in the freezing cold but we did like three saturdays full days like nine to five handing out stuff in cardiff putting up posters in cardiff city center getting in trouble with the police um yeah. and <laughs> you know ringing any people we knew which wasn't many in cardiff um being from hereford and sure enough the date came round people started coming but you guys came those few weeks later and i think one of the huge things for our church in cardiff was you actually were connected and you knew people and you started inviting people that you knew and that you you knew were looking for church and and people that you knew were open to faith and the church started growing and you guys were such a key part of how our church established really. But think back then, you know, when you first came in, what was your first impressions of like what, what this was about or what these crazy 
lot from Hereford were about? I think before you guys come to uh, Cardiff, I think I'd come up yeah. to Hereford um, to see my sister and my mum and dad. And they, you would launch opening the Collinsbury Street. Yeah, it was like the right. official like launch. It was just like a Saturday night, and um, I remember turning up, and I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" I, there was that part. There was a part that I was seeing um, that I. So I guess let me a little backtrack, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to that part. But I, I left Hereford when I was about eighteen, nineteen. One of the guys who used to record at the studio had started pastoring a church in Newport in South Wales. I passed my driving test. Their service came on the TV like on a Sunday morning. And I remember sitting watching it thinking, this is incredible. Wow. And I remember getting in the car and thinking, right, that's it. I'm going here every Sunday. And I yeah. started driving every week to church. And it was an incredible time. When I left that church, like through, there was loads of different things that were going on. I think for like seven to eight years, it's just sort of wandering. I was plugged into a church in Cardiff and then they had a leadership change. And you know what it's like sometimes leadership change. It feels like a transitional change as well. Yeah. And I feel the very thing that had held me at that church was going. And I just felt like I just felt like when I come to Collinsby Street, I was like, this is resonating. This yeah. is the type of church that I see myself in right. and being a part of. And I think I just went away from that. And I remember like for the I think you guys were launching like six months later or something like that. It felt quite soon after. But I just remember going away from that thinking, I need something for my children for my kids like where are my kids going to grow up and yeah and I remember like I remember when I first came in I was like I just really felt God say this is not about you but it's about your children about positioning your children into a great into a great space and I think that was like so when I first came to Cardiff it was like yeah it was less about what I'm going to get from it but it's what's going to input into my children into my kids and so that was like a really big part of that sort of I just I think that vibrancy just yeah. like being part of a, a, a non-religious in terms of the language and some of the sort of stuff. I mean, I'm come from like old school Pentecostal type vibes. And so like just coming in where people were just normal and would just like have normal conversation, but there was a hunger for God as well. And I think, you know, yeah. that's the, that's the perfect thing. And relational as well. It's like people are relational, wanting to reach people and wanting to do something significant in the city. I think I've always been, I just, I just always had a sense that God wanted to build a large vibrant church in our city and so i think when you guys came i was just i just sensed the vibrancy obviously you know that's one thing our church doesn't lack is vision and so it's just like yeah, yeah here's like, vision here's vibrancy and i just felt like yeah this is just like this is going to kick off you know this is going to go somewhere so yeah it was just exciting i just remember it being just really exciting and just uh yeah just great to find a church in our city that was just like was just loved God and loved people. I think that was that was a key thing for me. Definitely. And I think that it's one of the things even we've experienced being here in the States is that we're a church, obviously, that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of people's experience of that sometimes is has been maybe a bit strange or it's a little bit, um, can be a bit chaotic. And I think that one of the things that we we do or we try to do as best as we can as, as Freedom Church is making sure that we're a church that believe in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, but still being with our feet on the ground and being uh, ordered and being relational and and keeping yeah. it relevant to people. That it's not a it, it's a tool to build the church, not to uh, 
um, make sure that it, you know, making sure that it doesn't alienate people or, or, yeah. or some kind of confusion or distance. And I think that's been really powerful here in the States for us because um, a lot of people is like, oh, if it's like that, it's going to be weird. So then we completely throw everything out and we just ignore the things of the Holy Spirit. And then people who do engage is that they, you know, they sometimes can become a bit weird. And it's like, we've got to try and strike that center ground of like, we've got to engage, but we also got to stay relevant and keep connected. So there's, we've got to get that right. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think that that and I think that's that's the tension, isn't it? You you always find yourself in with people and having those conversations. It's just like people are weird. The Holy Spirit's not, and it's like I think like it's it's just always remembering that. I think we had someone just share something on Sunday, and I think like I think what I've always tried to do is when you feel the Holy Spirit is doing something, explain it mm, and good. just sort of like model it of just like and so because I think. You know, being in the city centre church, sometimes you get so many different people walking in that have so many different backgrounds. And I think sometimes even in a a church like ours, we get so used to it's like when you go into the house, you get the in-house jokes. Then you're in a family, you have like little in-house things. Uh, And it's just always like I always try to be mindful that remembering who's coming through. And and sometimes you have to explain some things and and talk some things. So, hey, so this sometimes happens and this is because we believe in this. And and so, yeah, I think it's just making the supernatural normal. come on as much as you can (laughs) as much as you can yeah (laughs) as much as you can yeah yeah sometimes there's moments out where jesus is like yeah so uh you're gonna be eating my flesh and drinking my blood and you're like do you know what this is it is this is yeah we can't we can't really do much about that that's this is what we're about but uh but yeah where we can making it relevant giving people the relevant teaching and context i think it's so important so paul you came into the church and um you know one of the things i just admire about yourself is that the willingness and the humility because you've been experienced in ministry you've done preaching you've led worship and there was points where you've been led by a guy in his early 20s and you know you were just ready to i don't know get get behind him or learn or still be open to growth and i i love that about the way that you guys were and i think that's not always that's not always normal or it can be sometimes a rare thing to see but you were willing and wanting to grow and change and almost not holding on to old things and old patterns but saying you know i want the new wine and i'm going to become the new wine skin that goes with that but for yourself paul you went on that journey then of obviously being involved in in the church leadership but then we started launching this church planting initiative and i remember uh we went we we presented our 10 full vision which we're going to plant 10 churches four years and you and tone and the boys signed up to go to port port elizabeth didn't you in south africa just talk to us a bit about what that was like signing up for that answering the call and, and and going and having that experience yeah, I think like it's mad. I, I never forget that cave. I think because it was like I just remember everyone was responding everywhere, and hey, in my heart, ten years ago this year. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. That's just in. That is nuts. I just remember everyone was like responding. Yeah, but it didn't really. It, not that it didn't land with me. I was excited for the vision. Like, yeah, this is awesome. But it didn't hit me, if that makes sense. Mm, right. And so I didn't respond that night. And I remember driving home, and Tony's wow. like how come you didn't respond i was like what so i gotta follow everybody else now just like respond for the sake of it and type thing and we're having this little discussion it's probably a bit more heated than it probably should have been but it's like how come you didn't respond and i was like i don't know there was nothing there's nowhere that struck me 
And then, so I just like over over the like the coming weeks, we started to do those. Um, I think they were like ten four nights. I think they were called. Right. Whereas basically, it's like those sort of like we'd meet together off the back of that vision on the Wednesday. I think it was like a Wednesday night in Hereford, and then it was like everyone was coming up for like these. If you'd signed up to go, it was like the get togethers, just some teaching and worship and stuff like that. I just remember the one night they just like I think we were drilling down like about applications, people applying. And then I think you'd announced South Africa, but you hadn't announced Port Elizabeth. And so I remember that night then you got up, hey, is Gavin, I think I'm pretty sure that was the night that you announced Gavin and Iris were going to be the pastors. And then it was like, we're going to go to Port Elizabeth. And I was like, so on my phone, I was just like, Port Elizabeth, that, that sounds like familiar. So I looked at it up and then I was just like, oh, okay. And it's just started churning on me there. And then I remember like, I, again, didn't apply that night, but I just went back. I was praying. I just I got a little walk that I do that I love to walk and just pray when I walk a dog. It's just my little spot. You know those little spots yeah. you just like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is just like a sweet spot. And I just remember walking along and I just felt the Holy Spirit just say, so why won't you go? And I was like, um, I was like trying to come up with all these, like, these answers. And I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. But I was like, Lord, I don't know. And then he just led me to like, I think it's Matthew 6 where he said, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink. For I know what you have need of. And the moment he said that, and I remember that scripture, I was like, yeah, do you know what? Actually, it's fear that is holding me here. Wow. It's like, I don't trust you. When you really boil it down to is God, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you can take care of us. And that was quite a sobering. I think that, that was like the first time in my life that I've been like, oh, God, you've just called me out here. Wow. And it was just like, yeah, you've just basically called it what it is that I don't trust you. And like, if anyone had said that, you don't trust God, I'd be like, oh, of course I do. I worship him. I read my Bible. I pray all those things. But it was like there was this moment of like, actually, I don't trust you. I don't trust that you can take care of us. And so it was just like that was really challenging for me. And then I think I just went on this journey. Every time I opened the Bible, it was like Matthew six, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat. Mm. I walked into church. Wow. We've got a great guy in our church called Andy. And, uh, we used to just chat on a Sunday morning. First thing I was like, and what's happening, man? He'd go, yes, Paul. And he's like, Oh, do you know what? This is him now. He's like, God's been speaking to me. You know what's coming. God's been speaking to me. Do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you drink. I'm like, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so we're just talking this through, and I'm like, mate, oh, you're just like, this is the one scripture God showed me. Then this other kid comes in. He's on about moving from up north down to Cardiff. Uh, his girlfriend at the time was in Cardiff, and like, he's he's got a business. He's like, I don't know where to come or not. And I'm like, I was like, mate. Whatever you're thinking, you don't want to join this conversation because you're in that. And so we've all got this three-way thing, and we're all coming around this same scripture: "Do not worry about your life." And I just like, and I'm telling Andy this, and he's like, "What are you going to do?" I'm like, "I think I need to apply," and that was it. And the moment, like, I'm in turmoil inside. I just got no peace. I'm just like in turmoil. But the moment I just said, "Lord, I trust you." And I'm going to apply wow. the peace of God. Again, that peace just came and just like, you know, it's going to be all right. And then the excitement kicks in. But yeah, it was a real battle to get to that point. But the moment I surrendered that almost like, and it was trust. I think it was just that, what am I going to do? I've got a great job. If I give that up, am I going to come back to it? Like what, what, what's next? Like what? And I hadn't felt like that for like a long period in my life. And I think it just sort of like throws you. But I think sometimes you need those curveballs in your life to just like, 
Come on, man. Make sure everything's in check. And so yeah, I think, yeah, that for really me was good. a real submission test. It was that sort of like, do you know what, God, I don't know what's going to work out, but I trust that you're going to take care of it, you know. That's incredible. Um, I, I can't remember how old the, the boys were, how old, you know, they were. Were so they all Jody, No, they weren't. No, they? so Joe was, Joe was in year seven, so he would have been 11 going on 12. Zach would have been oh, year Zach was probably like eight or nine, and then Elijah would have been like four or five, maybe six. Yeah, Mate, crazy. What, what courage to bring the boys, take them to the other side of the world and put them in a new school, put them in a new environment, take them away from family. I mean, that is faith. That is courage right there. And it's one thing going as a young, you know, early 20s, like what an adventure, amazing. But when you've got yeah. an established family like yourself, that's that's huge faith. Yeah, I, I mean that. I think that. I think that was the the thing that you're thinking about more is being yeah. the provider, isn't it? Yeah. Providing cool. and, and all those sorts there, of. Could you? No, you, you can't work the there. So you're just rolling up. You're just relying on people giving or stuff like that. But what's amazing is a couple of years beforehand, the company I worked for, uh, we got this chance to like take some shares out in the company and do like a share save scheme. So for like the three years before that, I'd started saving in the share save scheme and the shares in the company went through the roof. And so literally when, when we come to go, I'd had like a nice little amount already just saved up. And it was just like, but we obviously planned to do our house up with that. But it's like, Oh, you know what? This is just that one in a lifetime opportunity yeah. that I think we'll regret. If we good. don't go. And so, yeah, and it was, but it was amazing how like God had already gone before us unknowingly with provision for wow. it all, which is like incredible really so brilliant mate and so you obviously go and you have i think is it about 15 months there or something is it just yeah, over about a 15, year? 16 months yeah yeah and absolute best time of my life mate did you love it ah uh, absolute best time of my life I, oh, like my yeah i think just even just to the point of not working for a year yeah i mean it's the first time i've never had a job so it was like the first time in like i don't know and before that i was working every hour like under yeah. the sun yeah. Um, just because we were just such a busy company but I just like having that whole year off to be with the kids uh, with Tony not work and build church was like yeah it was just incredible absolutely incredible it was one of those ones I think like we went everywhere we could visited Cape Town every, every tourist place we could go we were there Mate, it was just like incredible it was just like we rinsed it I mean we just yeah. absolutely maxed it out you'd look at you'd look back on that and it would be a highly highly recommended oh Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, I would like when people people say like, "Oh, South Africa is dangerous." Like, it, 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 it is, it is, and it isn't. You know, when you're in God's, when you are in right in the middle of where God's called you to be and and placed you on, you don't think about stuff like that. You just think, "Man, I'm just in the purpose of God." Come on, and uh, yeah, great peace. But it, yeah, unbelievable experience. So you come back, and right after that, you become the pastors, right, of Freedom Church Cardiff. Yeah yeah so someone this thought is... it'd be a good idea yeah <laughs> so this is mark one and you end up doing that for mark a few... yeah so you do that for a few yeah. years um how many years was it do you know so we came back in 2016 so my yeah and so we were right through then to 20 it was the end of 2016 we took over so i think it was 2020 to mm. 2020 yeah so 20 yeah, so by four years so then during that kind of COVID era, 
Um, Luke and Soph come back from India. Yeah. They take on the church for a season. Um, and then over these last few months, you, because so obviously there's this whole um, journey that goes and it's like you guys are doing this as a family, you're pastoring. But then over these last few months, I think it was in October, Pastor G pulls you aside and says, look, I think it's, it's time to come back. And, yeah. you know, the vision has changed. Things have shifted. Actually, we want you to become more localized and run with things in a different way to what you So it's not just almost repeating what was gone before, but actually it's doing a new thing. And so you've pastored, you've then stepped back and seen not, and sometimes when that happens, you know, the pastor might move on and go to an, another church or yeah. you were there and still uh, you, you and Tone and the boys still serving and involved, supportive. And then it's like the call comes again. And I remember texting you saying return of the King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh and and then you get this call come back and it's like right you know we're, we're going to take this on again what was that what was that call like coming back around because i think sometimes when we've done something before we feel like okay i've i've done that now you know i've i've tried yeah. that i've i've pursued that and then sometimes god brings it back to us and that's what happened yeah. with you guys so what what was that experience like I think it was definitely flawed. I think what probably helped the setup was the charge. Yeah. So I think like the new vision of where we were going, the wider context of it, of where we were going. I think that was, that sort of like really helped frame it. I think, yeah, I just like, I was like, when G said, I was like, I didn't know whether he was joking. Like, I think Tony's like, is he joking? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it was so surreal. But I think just hearing the vision of like the whole localized thing, I think it was just like, I think almost to give context to like the first time we led, I feel like you're owning the vision. Yeah. But I think there's that danger of like, I think the first time around, we were probably trying to localize more. Yeah. No, maybe we weren't. I don't know. I feel like there's like you're owning the vision, so you're going. But I think I recognised at some stages there were some things that like maybe I was trying to do or do that was probably more local than central. Mm. And so then you get like not division because that makes it sound like it's like you're seriously veering off course. We don't believe the vision of Freedom Church, which it wasn't. Where that's not where our hearts were. Our hearts have always been. With him. But I think you just like have those ways of like doing things. Mm. I think this would work really well. Or I think we could do that. And I think it was just like, it was just a different season for us as a whole church and a whole movement. Yeah. And so I think towards the end, like I just really just felt the Holy Spirit say, like, it's going to be time to step down, step aside. And so when I remember going to see G and, um, and we, we went to talk about like raising teenagers and stuff like that. Cause he's got some experience on it. And then, uh, <laughs> And so we were just chatting and he's just, guys, I've got something to say. And I was just like, it's okay. Whatever it is you're going to say, G, it's okay. I feel like we know where you're going. And he's just said, yeah, I just feel like it's time just to bring someone else in over you guys and around that. And we just said, do you know what? We just really felt that the Holy Spirit's already been leading us to that point. And mm-hmm. so it's like completely cool with us. I feel like in this moment, it just yeah. felt like, it just felt natural. It didn't feel like, oh, I can't believe they're dropping us or whatever. It just felt really natural and it felt like it was right. It was the right time. And so then, yeah, the right time. And then obviously, like, 
you know, nothing straightforward. Transition's always a hard, hard, hard part as well. And I think going through that, then you like you recognize that some of your identity has been caught up on the stage because of like some of my previous church experiences through church have like led uh, worship preach, like you said earlier on. And so it's like realize that actually a lot of your identity gets caught up in being up front and not at the back. And so I think it was a real place of going back to that place of just you come and you just serve and you just be the best that you can be just serve as wholeheartedly as you can and i think yeah it was just great to come back to that place and then in the meantime like i lose my mum and dad and so all that sort of in the mixing part and it's almost like god knew what was coming and there's that grace that just is sort of like just guides you through and it's 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 amazing i think when we stepped out you feel like you're feeling like the grace has lifted off you Mm. for that season i can't i can't really articulate it well but it feels like you're graced for for this season then the grace comes off and i felt like the grace had come off us for that part but it's amazing then when g g asked us again then this time you feel the grace come back on wow it's like it's such a bizarre feeling but it's like it's almost like you just feel like yeah this there's a grace for this period this season that you're coming into and I think because he talked about like the whole like vision of arc and stuff like that, I think some of that is what we were already doing right. in our first season. So yeah. I think when we heard it, it's like, of course, this is just like, man, this just feels yeah, like it's, it's the it's, right it's, time. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It felt like it's that alignment, like the gears mm. meshing in this time. And yeah. it's like, yeah. And weirdly, this is the, I think, not the most, but I think there's on our part, I feel more connected to the vision of our church and yeah. the vision of our house than I ever have, if that makes sense. I feel like there's this, there's um, there's almost like, man, I feel like it's a shame that we're moving away from central. Like, do you know what I mean? You're wanting more of that thing. Whereas before, I would have been like, man, we need to be doing our own stuff and here we go. But I feel like I'm walking that tension of like, man, I want to stay close. I want to keep close yeah, to that, that heartbeat of the house. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, so yeah, I think when G asked us, it was like, there was, I think there was that nervousness about it. But for me, I was like, if we don't, I think since my mum and dad passed, I think there's that more thing of like, I want to make my life count. Mm. And I'm too young to retire at 47. There's still, <laughs> I mean, God has got oh, still mate. got his hand and stuff to do. And so I'm like, yeah, I think that was the thing of like, yeah, I just, I want to make sure that I, I don't want to be that, I don't want to be that guy who buries his talent in the ground. And then when the master comes and just says, oh, I just, I just buried it. And here it is. I just want to, make sure that I'm just maximizing everything that God has put in my hand really and, and presented opportunity to do. And what's it been like, mate, getting back in the driving seat of being the leader again, being the point person. I know you've been preaching live. Um, and I know that that's come with challenges and stretch cause you're still working a full-time job, right? Yeah. And then you're doing this on top of that. So what's, what's it been like for you these last few months? Mate, it's been like crazy, but again, it's that grace. When that grace comes on, like it just feels like you're in the spot that you're in that place where God has placed you. And yeah, you know, I think yeah, it's been like ridiculously busy, but at the same time, it's almost energizing, which seems weird because like it shouldn't be. But actually, yeah. I feel like the most energized I think I've felt in a in a in a long time. And that's so, um, yeah, I just find like the vision just like just it gets you up. And it's interesting talking to like Pastor G when he asked us, he said, I think because at the, at the start of last year, I was like, I feel like I need a break. I feel like I am 
feel so tired. I think because when my mum and dad passed, I kept working. I still doing zeal, uh, all those sorts of things. And I got to a stage. I was like, oh, man, I just feel like I need a break. And then it was just talking to your dad. He's come through. He's just like, you don't need a break. You need vision. You need like that fresh vision. And I think that's what it was. I feel like wow. I'd run my course with like zeal. I felt like I'd given everything, yeah. but I knew there was a new season. Mm. But I just didn't anticipate it being being this. Um, but yeah, I just that was, and I think that's what it's, it's proven to be. It's like I feel just the energy from that is just like yeah, reinvigorating me almost. I know you got big vision for the church and the city and like what God's going to do in this coming season. I'm excited for this year for you in Cardiff and seeing what's next oh, and seeing what's going to happen. But Paul, if you were going to just relate in from your journey over these last over this last year, you know, transitioning uh, from one thing to another, letting go of old things embracing new things what what would be like one lesson or one thing that you would give to people listening that you would that you would share from your journey over these last months i think you've just always got to be open-handed and i think i think that's what i've always tried to be is open-handed not clutch i think there was a time in my like past where i'd like grip on things and um i think even when i first come to freedom like i love leading worship and just because that's part of your identity in that. I remember like Dave was like, oh, mate, I don't want you to lead worship. But I want you to go on to connect, which was like our next step sort of team at the time. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, and that was that was like that was like at the time, that's like really hard. But I was like, God, I'm just going to be open handed. And I think that's even coming into this scene is just being like open handed of like, Lord, I'm just a steward of what you're placing in my hands. And you want to own it and grip, but I don't want to grip it so tight but I just want to steward the flow. And I think, yeah, just all those, all throughout my life, I've just like, Lord, where are you leading me? Where are you calling me to do? I just want to serve and I just want to be your hands and just like be open-handed really. And so I think, yeah, just I've learned just to like be really open-handed and like we're all trying to build God's kingdom. And you know what? Sometimes like you make mistakes or somebody makes a mistake, mm. but no one's doing that intentionally. We're all working to build in god's kingdom and it's just yeah i think it's just keeping that pure heart and just keeping your hands open but what god wants to place in your hands and letting it flow through sometimes because uh custodians for a long period of time sometimes it's a short period but it's actually just being faithful with what god's placing in our hands in in those moments really come on brilliant stuff paul thanks so much for your time you know you, oh, thank you're you, a real man. man of humility vision passion for the lost and uh, it's just great to get to get some of your time today and get to fire some questions your way. So thanks so much, Paul. Oh, thank you, man. Anyone in Cardiff and excited for what God's going to do this year. Come on, mate. Thanks, man. Great stuff. Well, thanks for joining. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Freedom Podcast. We'll speak to you soon.